Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. Teach me speaking about Daniel. Daniel's a wonderful book. It's a wonderful book. It also has great truths in there about the end times, which I am not going to speak on. Amen. I um, do believe Jesus is coming back and I'm ready. <laughs> I'm not a big panicker about end times because <laughs> many Christians have suffered. And, uh, you know, I'm 75 soon, so I'll be going home whether he comes or not. Amen. So as an appointment for all of us, just that I imagine some young people don't want I remember praying when I was a young guy, please don't come back yet, Jesus. I want to get married and have kids. When I had kids, I wondered if it would have been best to go sometimes. But, you know, but here we are, rejoicing in the great blessing of God for children over our lives. And, uh, but Daniel also is great testimonies of God's phenomenal grace to his life. And in Daniel chapter 5, and it's born again. How does that happen? Here we are. Uh, chapter 5 and verse 11. We find that Daniel's interpreted a dream for Nebuchadnezzar. Now Darius is on the throne, and he, shuck, he throws a big party that and takes the cups and the gold cups of the temple, and they all start to drink out of them and mock them. And, uh, and a hand comes down and writes on the wall. I don't know about you, but if a hand came down and wrote on my wall, uh, I've never been drunk in my life because I've never drunk like that. But if you're a little bit drunk, I imagine it even freak you a bit more or else you wouldn't. But here's a handwriting. It writes on the wall and the writing stays there. The king is freaked. And he tries to get an interpretation to what is written on the wall. And no one can interpret until somebody says this. Let me read it to you. Oh, no, I don't believe this is happening. But here we go. There is a man. This is, uh, this is one of the people that said to Darius, there was a, there's a man here that interprets dreams. He did it for Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, he will do it for you, I am sure. Man in your kingdom, in whom the spirit of the holy God, is who is whom in him is the spirit of the holy God. Isn't that awesome? In a pagan, Babylonian spirit, somebody says there's a real, there's a real God here that lives inside of this man. And in the days of your father, that was Nebuchadnezzar, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers, inasmuch as an excellent spirit. Everyone say excellent spirit. Excellent spirit of knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar, now let the Daniel be called, and he will interpret the handwriting. I'm speaking to you today about an excellent spirit. An excellent spirit. I mean, they just didn't say Daniel's a smart guy. They didn't say Daniel's awesome. They said he has the spirit of the Holy God. <laughs> and we today, friends, have the great Holy Spirit. In fact, Romans says this, that's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us and gives life to our mortal body. Just 
A mortal body is this body, you know. Some of yours looks a lot better than some others, and mine's a little overdone. But um, um, even the nurse told me the other day, David, you're a lovely man, but you need to lose some weight. I said, thank you. <laughs> I said, that's not the first time it's been said, but it's probably never been heated, you know. <laughs> but, you know, uh, this, this, you know a, an excellent spirit, and he has this excellent spirit. And here we find Daniel... Uh, in the midst, I mean, this is not a great environment. It's not a worship service like we had this morning. I mean, this is in probably the most pagan places where they're mocking the very God of, of Daniel. Daniel's called to come and interpret. You know, uh, we like to have a good environment to do something for God. <laughs> but Daniel didn't. He just said, I'm, I, I believe God and I trust God. And he gives himself in the midst of that environment to the voice of God. And so we, we find that the great Holy Spirit is able to speak to him and interpret dreams. Now, I thought a lot about the Holy Spirit. Um, this week I was way out, kind of somewhere out, Mulga, Vogelswil, or no, something, someplace out past Gainda. And uh, I had to stay there the day I was taking a, a trailer out to um, Bullsale, Bullsale of all places. And so I went down by the river for a few hours had a little sleep, and then I was praying. I was just praying up and down the Nemoy, Nemoy River, is it? Something like that. Great place. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit just began to speak to me. And uh, I thought, wow. And he said to me, David, where have I been? All of, all, of, all of history that we read. I said, come to think of it, Holy Spirit, you were right there in the beginning. The Bible says, when the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the earth, which darkness calls, speaks of sin, because Satan has been cast down to the earth, was just covered in darkness. The Spirit of God was on earth hovering over the face of the earth, over the face of the deep, right at the beginning. And in the midst of that, God speaks and creation begins to appear. And then the Bible says, if we follow it right through, we find the great Holy Spirit is in, in every great event, in every great event. He reveals God again to Abraham in the midst of, of an idol-worshipping idol people who are nine generations past Noah, and they're worshipping idols up in the, in, in, the, in the pagan area, and the Holy Spirit comes and reveals the very purpose of God to Abraham's father. He gets half the way and doesn't, doesn't finish the journey. And then God quickens, quickens to Abraham to go all the way that he might establish his covenant on all the earth. Now, a covenant is not, not just buying a piece of land. This covenant is the, is the very seed of our redemption. We see the journey of Abraham. The Spirit of God comes to him many times. We find in Daniel, the Spirit of God <laughs> brings the very vision of the fourth man into the fire with Shagrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's there in, in the forms of angels. He sent angels to be with Daniel in the lion's den. But he's with Daniel in those most difficult times. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. He won't tell anyone what his dream is and tells everyone to interpret it. When they can't, he starts to kill people. <laughs> and Daniel throws, hey, I'm going to be in the line of that. And he hasn't asked me. So he goes and offers. He said, I will interpret for you, O king. And he says, well, here's the deal. And Daniel goes away, seeks God, gets to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They have some prayer meetings and some fasting. And God reveals the, reveals the prophecy. 
And so Nebuchadnezzar is so moved, he says, if anyone stands against Daniel's God, he will be put to death. I mean, I mean, when the Holy Spirit is moving, some phenomenal things are happening. We come to David, and, and Saul's missed the mark. And God says to Samuel, stop mourning over him. I've done with him. He won't obey me. Go and look for a man with a heart after me. And he goes and anoints him with oil to be king. What's the oil? The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Every great event. And God sets up a great kingdom in Israel that he can bring forth out of the very loins of David, the very son of God is born through there. So we follow through the prophets, through the prophets, the great things, the great Holy Spirit. And, and most people go, oh, well, we know him different today. Yes, we do, because we're under a different covenant, a new covenant. So he, he reveals a new covenant to us. And then we come to the book of Luke. I love this. There's a young girl. She's probably only 12, 13, probably putting on her lipstick, makeup. She's betrothed, or in other words, engaged to Joseph, they were about to go out on a date or something like that. I'm not sure. It doesn't tell us in the Bible, but please, my story sounds good. Um, <laughs> and she looks in the mirror and sees some guy standing behind her. I don't know about you, but that would put the hairs in my, you know, up in the back of my neck a little bit. And she swings around. She's troubled. <laughs> and he says, fear not. <laughs> don't you love how God says, fear not? In the worst of your moments. In the greatest fears of your life. What does God say? Fear not. You ever been in places where you just can't see yourself through it, Steve, Pastor Steve? And God says, fear not. Fear not. And Mary turns around. He says, you are highly favoured. She goes, great, but what's that mean? <laughs> and he makes the statement that you're going to bear the Son of God. And she said, well, you're going to have a baby, in other words. And she says, well... That can't happen because I'm not yet known a man. I'm only engaged and I've been a good girl. I've been a righteous girl and we have not gone over the line of immorality. And so this can't happen. And, and he said, the Holy, everyone say with me, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will conceive. Oh, friend and I, when the great Holy Spirit becomes upon us, there is great conceptions for miracles in our lives. When the Holy Spirit's moving in the church, there's a great seed for great miracles to happen in our community. <laughs> you see, the Holy Spirit's not just some person. He is the person of the Godhead that dwells in our hearts, that builds in our soul and our spirit. And, uh, and the Bible says that Mary said, it's impossible, but it nevertheless be it according to your word. And so she had a baby. His name was, his name was, isn't Jesus? Jesus is born. He's called Jesus, Emmanuel. God has come with us, born and conceived of the Holy Spirit. Great events. We can go through the life of Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, we find this, that Jesus reads the Scriptures and it said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What Spirit? The great Holy Spirit. To anoint me. Anointing means to give me ability to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to bring good news to the captives. <laughs> this wonderful person, the Holy Spirit, 
that lives inside of you that you're baptized into. If you're not baptized in Him this morning, He is willing to baptize you and immerse you in His person, in His wholeness, in His holiness, in His righteousness. Oh, friend, if you don't know Jesus Christ, He can reveal Jesus to you in just one moment to change your hearts. (laughs) We can go on until I come to this great event, the great, the most wonderful event outside of the death and resurrection But before the resurrection, the Bible says this, that Jesus on the cross says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the Scriptures say that the Holy Spirit had to turn his back to Jesus because he could not bear to see the sin of humanity and the record had put into his life. And he he had to carry my sin, your sin. It's ugly. It cannot be looked upon. Oh, and Jesus carries it down into the depths of hell. Your sin, my sin. And my Bible says that he negated the handwriting and the judgments that were against you and I because of his own blood. But he's still in hell. He's still in Hades. But oh, I've got good news right now. He didn't stay there. He just didn't get up. The Holy Spirit, the great Holy Spirit, everyone say the great Holy Spirit, goes down into the depths of hell and raises him from the dead. (laughs) That same spirit that lives in you and I, that same spirit that has birthed this church, the same spirit that is yearning over Brisbane West, (laughs) raised Christ from the dead. And Jesus, as he raised from the dead, said this, It's best that I go. And the disciples said, no, Jesus, we need you. We thought you were going to be the Savior. He said, I am the Savior. I thought that you'd rise up and kill the Romans. I found God doesn't often get involved in politics. He gets involved in his church and in the hearts of people because the great Holy Spirit has always got great power to overcome and live in victory. (laughs) Seven weeks later, we find this great event called Pentecost. Suddenly, suddenly, it just doesn't come suddenly because it's suddenly. It comes because it's prophesied by God. It comes because a bunch of people are praying. Can you imagine a seven-week prayer meeting? Waiting, waiting, waiting for God, waiting for God. In the upper room, waiting. Six weeks, And six days, still waiting, praying. They've had some discussions. They've drawn straws to see who's going to take Judas' spot, which I find quite remarkable. But anyhow, you would have thought in the six-week prayer meeting that God could have said, this is the one. But the one that wasn't revealed, Paul wasn't revealed yet. See, the great Holy Spirit is working. (laughs) And he's looking for us to yield to him, to live with him, to fellowship him, to walk with him. Great Holy Spirit. And on the seventh week, 50 days, in fact, 50 days and seven and one, and the Holy Spirit is poured out on all flesh, prophesied back in the book of Joel. And the church is born. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I heard a story the other day of, um, of a church that was discussing whether I'd allow the works of the Holy Spirit and gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the board meeting had a board meeting and... Uh, came Sunday and the pastor said, the board and I have a, a announcement to make about, about what will happen in our church. And he said, I'm calling the board up here. And the board started to come up and another man came up. He said, 
sir, who are you? He said, you said, bring up the board. He said, but you're not on the board. He said, I'm the most bored man in this church. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's... <laughs> See, something, it's not just a church. It's just not an organization. This is the great Holy Spirit. We can go on. The Gentiles hadn't been included yet, but a man called Cornelius <laughs> in Luke, in Luke, where I got that from, in Acts chapter 10, is praying. He gives alms and he's praying every day and uh, he's troubled. The great Holy Spirit sends his angel down <laughs> and he troubles him. And he says, uh, sir, he said, what, is the, what, do you, what do you want? You know, like Cornelius is a bit... He's a centurion, he's a Roman centurion, and so um, he probably feels like, you know, what's going on here is this fight, and he says, your prayers and your arms, in other words, your prayers and the seed you've sown has come up before God as a memorial. Oh, friend, don't, don't devalue your seed of what it can speak for you. And what it can speak into the spirit and speak over your generations of your family. It can break poverty. It breaks sickness, break curses. The power of God's seed blessed over your life. Amen. <laughs> when the great Holy Spirit works on it. And, and he says to him, I want you to send men to Joppa. There's a man there, Peter. He's praying. And I'm giving him a vision right now. I'm trying to convince him to obey me. <laughs> he didn't say that, but. That was the deal. Over in Joppa, Peter's there, and he's hungry and asks for a meal. Now, obviously, it wasn't a quick meal because he went up on the roof to pray for a while, has a, has a, falls into a trance and sees God lower down, a big, ape, a big um, towel, big whatever it is, a big um, screen in here, some kind of screen. And he says, um, God's got all these, like, crayfish, pork, Things that Jews don't eat. Things that Jews don't eat. Things that I like, but, you know, <laughs> they don't eat. And, and, and he says, would you take up and eat that, Paul, um, Peter? Peter said, I can't eat that. That's unclean. And so God speaks to him and says, I want you to eat it. Three times it came down. Third time, God said, what, you call, what I call clean, don't call unclean. And Peter goes, this is rocking my theology, my whole foundations. I found when the great Holy Spirit turns up in our life, he can challenge us to be able to yield things we never thought need to be yielded. He can challenge us to break through in areas, or he can empower us to do things that you never thought you would do. The great Holy Spirit. Oh, he's our greatest friend. He's the greatest presence. He brings God to us. And here it is, Peter's there, and the, and the men walk in, and they go, you know, can you believe you go from Cornelius' place all the way across the Joppa, it's a day's journey, and, and, and just trust <laughs> that that vision was from God, amen? If you had a prophecy and think, oh, I'll see if that comes to pass, anyone honest enough to say yes? <laughs> Thank God they didn't do that. They trusted it. They get there. And they knock on the door and they said, we're looking for somebody here. And Peter says, I know who it is. It's me. I'm coming down. <clears throat> and they said, how do you know? He said, 
I don't know what happened over your side, but I know what's happened this side, and I've got to go to the Gentiles, which is not kosher to do. And, of course, we know the whole story. They come to the Gentiles, and Cornelius has got all his family together and all of his company of people together, and they come into a large room, and they say, Peter says, what did you want from me? They said, we want you to give the words of life. As he began to speak about how Jesus Christ died and rose again for our sins and to take them away and how the great Holy Spirit poured out. The Holy Spirit poured out. The Holy, everyone say the Holy Spirit. And the church was born in the Gentile nations. And when he got back to Jerusalem, he was rebuked by the apostles. He said, what are you doing? He said, what can I do? The Holy Spirit has poured out the same on them as it was poured about us. What could I do but baptize them like I baptized? And they said, wow, God is reaching the whole world. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit in this place this morning. I sense him speaking to hearts. He wants you to lift up your eyes to the harvest and look beyond just our own little walls. We're not, we're not just Jews here. We're not just Christians here. We are the light to the world. We have got the power of the Holy Ghost. There is miracles working in every one of us to reach a generation for Jesus Christ. What a great day this is. And let me say this, the great events. Everyone say the great events. But think about what the Holy Spirit really come for. There is a small events. On the 2nd of October, 1978, <laughs> I was so backslidden, so far away from God, even the youth kids had to get the camp ready because I didn't have any capacity and I didn't have any will to do it. <clears throat> I only did it because they just begged me. And I said, well, set it up on my farm because I'm busy. I haven't got enough time to really do a camp. But a, a very genuine, beautiful man walked into my house because they'd asked him to come. And he said, we need to have a prayer meeting. And I thought, oh, no, not another prayer meeting. My mum comes home every week and tells me she's prayed for me. And that makes me so angry because her and five women prayed every week. And they said, we're praying for you. We're praying for God to move. And I go, well, just can't you pick on someone else, Mum, for heaven's sake? You know, sometimes Mum would walk up the middle of the road when I was driving very fast. I think, I'm going to drive at her. She'll get off. She never got off the road. She just kept walking. I had to stop. And then she'd turn around and go, we prayed for you again. I remember that. You know, you know, thank God for persistent mums. Persistent. Persistent. <laughs> Jesus tells a parable about that. I need to. I'm not sure why that time's not working down there. Um, um, and then on that amazing weekend, I was with Trish and some other young people, wonderfully baptized in the Holy Spirit. The little things. He's interested in me. Obscure on a farm in central Lansdowne. You have to go on your maps and really struggle to find that there. If you're looking for a town, there is none. If you're looking for a village, there is none. <laughs> You'll see our farm and the Drury's farm, and that's about it. Left on the Google Maps. Amen. Uh, that's central Lansdowne. Obscure. And Jesus said, and Jesus comes because of the Holy Spirit. He came to me. He'll come to you. Your testimonies could come up here this morning, and we could be here till <coughs> nighttime. Testimony after testimony. How the great Holy Spirit has walked into our lives. I hear Pastor Tim speak about how he called him out here into this place back in, I don't know when it was. Um, I remember, yes, it was 1993 when I first came to Brisbane. We only started a church here because Dot and a few people begged me to start a church. And some of the guys said, can we go out and start a church in Inala? 
I'd just come to Brisbane. I didn't really know where Inala was. I said, okay, fair enough. And they said, if we can get food care out there, because we had food care and um, pop shop, whatever it was, somewhere in Brisbane, I was trying to find my way around. And I remember coming out here and thinking, what do we do and start a church here? Um, and I'll be honest, when Tim told me he was going to come out here to be pastor, I was naughty enough to say, Tim, don't go out there. <laughs> he said, why? I said, well, Tim, I don't want my grandkids growing up here. There. He said, well, you didn't mind bringing all your kids out here. I said, that's different. <laughs> my grandkids are different, you know. But they're no different. And, you know, I'm, I have been rebuked many times by the Holy Spirit for my unbelief in that moment. Not because I didn't like the place. I didn't see. I couldn't see what the Holy Spirit wanted me to see. I couldn't see the magnificence and people like Diane and Murray and, and Cliffy and others that came out here and served with Dot and the others and made a way for when Tim came. Then Mark rang me up one day. He said, I bought a building at Anala. I said, you what? Again, my faith was lacking. I said, are you sure you made a good decision there? There's a lot of places in the city you could buy a church. He said, no, no. He said, come on out. So we come for a drive out here. And, and we used to meet in the library just down the road. And, uh, and, and I said, well, that's a big improvement of that library. And I said, what are you expecting? He said, what did you expect? I said, I have to repent, Mark. I, my expectations of Red Bank out there was great, of Ipswich and over in the north side because I planted churches there in the Redlands. I said, well, I honestly just supported the vision of others in Anala. I promise. I, I apologize. And I apologize this morning to you. I have a different vision today. Brisbane West is coming to Jesus Christ. <laughs> Brisbane West, I'm prophesying it. Because as I prayed for it out at Nemhoy on the side of the river, I saw Satan fall over this city. I saw him at like lightning fall. I see you as people testifying and bringing miracles to people. Because Satan's got no more power to hold us out. See, the small things, he comes to every one of us. He just doesn't come to the big group. He comes to us. He picked me up and said, David, you can, you can take a city for Christ. You can help to win Australia for Christ. And I said, that's a great idea until I remember he spoke to me once and said, I want you to go to that doctor and tell him he's got to stop aborting babies. So I thought, I'll do that till you get there. Then your heart fails. When he started swearing at me and yelling at me and grabbed me by the arm and went to push me outside, I said, well, wait a second, sir. I'm a bit stronger than him, so I just stood my ground. I said, wait a second. I paid for this. He said, you're not paying anything. Get out, get out, get out. I said, only if you assure me you'll stop killing babies in this city. And then I walked outside and, you know, the commotion had everyone on edge and you could hear people going, that's that maniac from Krishna Outreach Center. And then I thought, God, why did I do that? Why did I do it? But one week, I told him, I said, if you don't stop it, God will remove you. In one week, he was gone. Moved out of the town. Sometimes the great Holy Spirit asks you to do things. And, and I love this about Daniel. The first thing we find about Daniel, Daniel listened to the voice of God. And oh, that's the capacity of the great Holy Spirit is for you to hear the voice of God. <clears throat> that voice that comes to us, that voice that convicts you. The Bible says in John chapter 16, verse 12, I think it is. Read it all if it's not that verse. But it says this, that when the Holy Spirit comes, He'll convict of sin. See, God can't use too easily 
un, unclean vessels. God has a great capacity to sanctify, make whole, wash us in the blood. Oh, it's something beautiful when the Holy Spirit begins to work in our lives, convicting us of sin, convincing us of righteousness. What is it to be convinced of righteousness? It's to be convinced that Jesus has forgiven me for my sins and I can walk free because my sin is as far as the east from the west. People remember, but God doesn't. People often say to me, remember, David, what you like as a youth? I said, I don't have to. God's forgotten it, so why wouldn't I? I wouldn't have got saved if I wanted to stay the same as that. I wouldn't have got saved if I didn't need to. I need to change from that. That's not my life. That's not who I am. I remember many people came to me when I started the church in Taree, my hometown. I went to school there, and we're there in the, in the town. And they'd say, you're a, you're a wild man, David. You can't. No one's going to listen. Why would God use you? I said, I've often asked that question, but all I know is I'm happy he is, and I'm going to obey him. Amen. Just you. Your life. <laughs> I hope that wasn't my dog, was it? <laughs> I'm sorry, whoever that was. That's great. I like that. Can you do it again? I need to hear that again. Thank you, sir. At least I know he's not out, you know. God is good all the time. <laughs> he's an amazing God. And so he convinces us of sin, convinces us, or convicts us of sin, convinces us of righteousness. Righteous, you are righteous. You are righteous because of Jesus. So therefore, you don't have to rehearse your past. You don't have to rehearse your fears. You don't have to rehearse your bitterness. Let it go today because he's convincing you that his blood has made you righteous. And you are free. If the sun sets free, they are free. Indeed. Indeed means in action. It's not some nice English language. You're free indeed. You're free in action. You can go free, Hallie. I'd run up and down here if I could. You know I'm getting so... It's an exciting thing to be free. And he convinces us that Satan is judged. So don't rehearse what he tells you. He's a liar. And when you know when the Satan's lying, he talks to you. Because he's the father of lies. So don't listen to him. Don't listen to that other voice. Faith doesn't come because you listen to that voice. Faith comes because you believe what God says. Amen. See, it's an amazing thing when the Holy Spirit comes on us. He touches our imaginations and our, our thoughts. The vehicle of the Spirit, the vehicle of the Holy Ghost is the dream and vision. And this is what it says about faith. Now, faith is the substance of things dreamed for. That's Dave McDonald's paraphrase. And you say, oh, no, it's not. It's for hopeful. Well, what's your hope? Isn't that your dream? Isn't your expectation? God will do something great in your life. So faith is a substance of that. Faith is. Faith is. If you don't have a dream, you'll aimlessly go around. That's why the Holy Spirit is continuing to focus the church and bring the church to focus and give power to it. Breaking the power of sin, which weakens you. Breaking the power of unbelief, it weakens you. Breaking the power of bitterness, it stops you hearing the voice of God. Breaking the power of unforgiveness so you can hear from God and walk with God. Oh, he's the great Holy Spirit. He walks with us. He's our friend. And if I could say one thing in my closing today, because I think I'm up to the closing time, it is, is this, we must fellowship the Holy Spirit. Fellowship him. Fellowship. 
I've found the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is a wonderful person. And his love language is quality time. When I first met Trish, I didn't understand love languages. I didn't realize that, you know, when I just walked in and demanded things, I thought, gee, she loves me and I love her. And Trish would sometimes get a bit offended and get cold. And I thought, whatever happened to this girl, you know? So I asked the mother, and of course, why? Why would I ask the mother? I said, well, you're the problem, David. So I thought, you know, what do I expect? The father was henpecked, and he just held his head to. So I thought, I asked my mum, surely she'll have some more integrity than that. And she was even more harsh on me. So I thought, surely dad will have a bit of compassion. But he said, he agreed with mum, so he's gone. So I remember one day, we'd been baptised in the Holy Ghost. It was still happening a bit. And I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, how do I cast this demon out? He said, well, that'd be you have to be cast out. (laughs) So I thought even God's turned on me. It's a bad day. So I said, Holy Ghost, can you be a bit more merciful to me? Help me. And he said, David, this is how. You've got to take time. And I remember when I understood that Trish liked quality time. And she responded beautiful in quality time. But me, I like to just get the thing done and go on to the next. And I'm going away to do some preaching, Trish. And, you know, Trish always supported me. But I realized when I take the time, took her down for a meal and talked to her about how you'll go and how you'll be able to work through while I'm away, she was so much better. I thought, what is wrong? Why do women like that? You know. So I asked some women, they said, you're just so dumb, David. I don't know how God could ever have asked you to run a church. And so they said, there's a person here that teaches on love languages. I said, love language, I don't understand. Then they got to love languages. I said, gee, that sounds like Trish. And I found the Holy Spirit's like that. He's got a love language of quality time. And sometimes we just want to say, Holy Spirit, come and do this. Holy Spirit, come and do this. But he says, come with me. Come with me. Seek me. Walk with me. Fellowship me. Oh, because you are baptized. You're immersed in me. You know what baptism means in Greek? It's bapto. It, it means that you're immersed. It's, it's a shipping, actually, a shipping um, um, word. And when ships were sunk, they immersed down. They were filled with water, and they were covered by water. It was called, they were baptized. Or whatever the Greek word is. I only know a little Greek, and that's her name's Marika. But... Um, <laughs> Oops, I'm sorry. Oops, I'm sorry. Don't please don't tell Marika that she's a beautiful woman. Uh, <laughs> See, baptized. So you know, there is no way out for that ship that's baptized. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. I hear Steve preaching about is it surrender that word? Surrender. You know, um, it's yielding to the Holy Spirit, surrendering to whatever word you want to use. It's it's you see, I'm immersed in Him, and if we can hear the voice of God. I found walking with the Holy Spirit and walking with Him is about hearing from God and then endeavouring to carry it out under His power and under His grace. Endeavouring to walk with Him. Endeavouring to do that which God has asked us to do. Oh, the subject of the Holy Spirit is so immense and so enormous. Please, please seek Him. But you see, I finish with this. But the Holy Spirit was sent to give us power. Not power over your circumstances, not well, power over your circumstances, but not power to dominate, but power to release people. Power to love. 
Oh, when the great Holy Spirit comes within. As the Bible says that I'm built up on the inner man by the Holy Spirit through faith, Ephesians 3. The Holy Spirit goes on to say that He would help you to comprehend the love of God. I need to know He loves me. He loves me. He loves you. He loves us. Not just because He died for us. He loves us. Love that will encompass us. And His love language is spend time with us. Well, friend, if you're too busy to spend time with the Holy Ghost, you're too busy to have victory. Take the time. Get the priorities right. Because when we go into the harvest, the harvest is not just going out and telling a few people about Jesus. The harvest is about meeting the needs. When Jesus sent out His disciples, He said, meet the needs of the people. Oh, and this church has got a needy community. And I believe that in our side of us, the Holy Spirit is moving us and positioning us to fill us, empower us, to meet the needs of Brisbane West. Is anyone here saying amen? To meet the needs. <laughs> you know, in Tari, uh, the, the churches wouldn't even let me come on the Minister Eternal. And they said, you won't succeed. I said, oh, there's a lot of people who have needs in Tari. I said, there's probably there's about 2,000 people going to church in Tari. There's 30,000 in the district. So I said, I'll have the other 28 is the problem. I was a little unyoung and arrogant and, and um, it was a little mocking, which God has to refine. Some would think I haven't made it yet, but I think I'm on the journey. But And I remember saying, we'll get those. So every Friday night, we walked down the banks of the river and found the drug addicts and the drunkards, drove home the drunkards. You know, one of those drunkards we drove home became my deacon. <laughs> Ernie was most faithful deacon. He was the biggest drunk in town. Most Saturday nights, they picked him up before he did anything silly and put him in jail and gave him some beer just to drink it in jail. Amen. That was the deal. But I got him that night before the cops got him. <laughs> Talk to him about Jesus. I said, we've got a conference. We've got a conference. We've got an evangelistic crusade coming up. Pastor Clark Taylor's coming to preach. And he came along and was gloriously saved, as were 90 others in two nights in little Tyree. Amen. You know, so many people came the last night. We turned away 500 and stacked 500 in a building half this size. There was no seating. There was no room. Clark stood on a chair because people were pushing against him. He made, a, made an altar call. And I don't know how many people put their hands up. We only got the names of 30 or 40, something like that. We had 30. It was 90 got saved on the crusade. And Ernie was one. Some business people were others. Then Clark said to me, can you get these people outside to give them some? And I looked at Clark and said, I can't, there's no aisles. You can't get out. We have to peel them off from the back. <laughs> and then he started to move in words of knowledge and people began to get miracles. And this went across Tari and the church multiplied. <laughs> the churches that kicked me out had 30 and 40, but we now had 500 and had nowhere to put them. We believe in God. Because the great Holy Spirit Hey, friend, we're in Brisbane, Brisbane West. <laughs> Lift up our eyes to the harvest. Lift them up because He's the sender to the harvest. He's the empower to the harvest. He doesn't ask you to go alone. He says, go, would you go with me? Would you take me? Would you come with me? Would you come with me? He's our partner. Would you make a partner of Him? A partnership with the Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you anoint me? It's not just for the pastors, not just for Tim, just not for Pastor Steve. It's for the believers. Lay hands on your next door neighbours. Heal them. 
nurse the other day said, oh, I'm not feeling well. I said, well, I'll pray for you. She didn't know I was going to pray for her. She thought I'd just say a little prayer somewhere. So I took a hand and said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Well, I don't know whether it was a shock of getting prayed for like that or with a... She said, oh, that's crazy. I feel better. I said, well, you're scared I'm going to pray again. She said, I am scared of that, yes. But <laughs> in the name of Jesus, be healed. She came next day. She said, I was getting the flu. I said, well, do you want it? She said, no. I said, well, don't confess it. Declare that Jesus has healed me. She said, I can't say that. I said, yes, you can. I took a hand again and I said out loud in front of you, Jesus has healed me. One of the men in there, had a, his wife came in at the same time as Trish in the home. And um, she was probably like Trish, fairly advanced in Alzheimer's. And, uh, and he was a Catholic boy and I'd often shared with him about faith. Christ and he'd go I don't know whether I'll get through purgatory he said no you won't because there is none but you can get through to the kingdom of God and through Jesus through Jesus we prayed with him and one time I lift, rang him up because Lisa hadn't been there for nine days I rang him up she said she hasn't eaten for nine days days David he's crying and crying I said well what do you want Peter he said I want a bit more time with her I said well ask God he said well I don't think I can ask God that I said well I can do you want nine more days he goes who do you think you are? I said, I'm a child of God. I'm a son of Jesus. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I said, that's who you are if you're washed in the blood of Christ. And he said, I said, come on, pray this way with me. And I said, say, Jesus. He goes, David, this is freaking me. I said, no, get faith, Jesus. He said, if I tell the priest this, he'll probably kick me out of the Catholic church. I said, well, it's best to be out if you're going to get a miracle. So he, I said to him, he said, Jesus. I want, more, I want some more time with Lisa. Would you give me more time? Show your mercy. And he began to pray and cry and he cried, prayed. And, and I, I hung up and thought, gee, why do I do these silly things sometimes? Do you ever say some great things like that and then get scared? Is anyone else like me? Do you think, oh, my God, how does that go down with him? And, uh, and then I tried to forget it. But that night I felt impelled, compelled to pray for him again. And the next day I go in and Pete's in the home. I said, oh. What happened to Lisa? He said, she's back here. He said, within half an hour, she asked, she was putting out and trying to reach for food. She hadn't eaten. For, she wouldn't eat. They just couldn't get to eat. And he said, they were taking her off the life support. And he said, as you did it, they wanted to come in and take the life support off. And they heard you praying. And they said, who's that crazy man? He said, I don't know. But if I had his faith, I'd be very happy. And then they came back in to take the life support off. And she is saying, I want to eat food. And the doctor turned and ran outside. And Pete went to find him. And he couldn't find him. They said, he's gone home. He's gone on leave. And Pete said, why? He said, you freaked him out. What happened in there? And Pete began to share with the hospital and then shared with the home. And people go, why did you do that? I said, because Peter asked God. You see, we're the answer to people's lives. We have the great Holy Spirit in us. He carries heaven here. Or oh, friend this morning, friend this morning, you might be here and have never, ever given your life to Jesus Christ. You know that sense, that feeling right now that somebody's speaking to you. It's the wonderful love of God coming through the Holy Spirit. The love of God that was shed in Jesus Christ. He loves you, friend. He loves you, ma'am. He loves you, sir. He loves you, young person. He loves you with a passion that drove him to the cross. Drove him with to resurrection power, where he speaks your name today. He's going to bow our heads right across this place, and I'm going to give an invitation. Invitation for you. You could be here and said, David, I'm not really walking for God, 
but I'd like to say yes to Jesus again today. Renew that covenant, renew that blessing, renew that place in Him. If that's you today, I'm going to look across this place. I know God's speaking to you. I know the Holy Spirit is with you. Don't resist Him. Just slip your hand straight up so I can pray with you. As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down again. Just slip it up. Thank you down the back. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir, in here. That's wonderful. How many others would say thank you? Thank you there. Thank you there. Thank you. Anyone else this morning? Jesus loves you, friend. He loves you so much. There's nothing you've done that he hasn't forgiven. There's nothing you can do that could resist, that could send away his love. Oh, I could tell you hundreds of testimonies. I'm not of people that accepted the love of God. Is there somebody else? I'll wait just one more moment. It's so important. And while I'm, thank you. Thank you so much. Maybe there's others here this morning just say I'm saved, but the mighty Holy Spirit baptism is not the fire I used to have, and I want the fire of the Holy Spirit to come on me right now that the apostles often prayed and were filled again and filled again. That's why the move kept going with great power. How many others that say, David, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit this morning. I want that baptism to be rekindled in my heart. Slip it up straight away. Put your hand straight up, straight up. That's it. The hands are going up power of God's here to touch your life. You need more fire. You know the fire. You know that God wants to do something in that way. The mighty power of the Holy Ghost. Everyone pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. I make you Lord of my life. Forgive me for my sin. Make me pure through your precious blood. Amen and amen. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.